You're listening to The Real King with Joe and Heidi King. We talk a lot about preaching the gospel and sharing Christ with people, but it's not always easy. Today, we are talking about how we maybe sometimes struggle and get in our own head, but God will show up every time if we trust Him. Let's get into it. Focus is crazy. I'm driving to Quick Trip the other morning, mm-hmm. and I don't allow Jasmine in the front seat because she's not old enough. Right. And so... It's safety first. She knows that she's got to go in the back seat. Mm-hmm. So I'm at a, I'm busy like in the morning, and I wanted to go get a coffee. Well, I don't have coffee in my home, so I'm like, I'm gonna, let's run a Quick Trip really quick and grab a coffee. And she was like, yes. Shut up, Quick Trip. And so we get in the car, and my mind is on so many other things. Like it's on things I have to do. It's on, you know, mm-hmm. me driving there. It's on all this kind of stuff. And I get to the end of our block and like she, me and her are like talking, like having like light conversation. And it took to the end of the block for me to realize she was in the front seat. I was like, why are you in the front seat? And she's like, I've been here the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, Jasmine, you didn't just crawl up here. But I was like, well, I probably shouldn't be driving if I have that many buckle? things on my mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You do live close enough. You could have walked. It's so crazy, though. That like crazy. your brain can take you away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the co- and then and then and then and then mm-hmm. what is that from? Hey, dude, where's my car? Mm. Um. Shout out. I get the coffee home mm-hmm. and spill the whole thing. Unbelievable. Was it Cafe Karuba? <laughs> like yeah. you made it yourself? Yeah. Mm. And then I grab, I take Max's because I was like, ain't no way did I just do all that <laughs> to not get any coffee. Right. So, because I don't drink coffee. So it's like not like a daily thing for me. So this was like a treat. Mm hmm. So I take Max's coffee and I'm like, sorry, bud, <laughs> you don't get any. Right. And so then I'm drinking his coffee and I lost all the lids because he didn't have his lid. And now my lid was now in the garbage. Mm-hmm. And I come back to my coffee like 10 minutes later after doing something and there's a bug in it. And I was like, sick, Jasmine, <gasps> I'm pretty sure like this is <laughs> the world <laughs> mm-hmm. telling me that I don't need coffee back in my life. How rude. Uh, hey, how rude of life to do that to you do you remember the time that carlos and i lived in our first apartment after we were married and he had gotten a coffee from quick trip and he went to take a drink of it and there was a spider in the cup and it bit his lip yes i can't even i can't relate to that on any level whatsoever i was ready to burn the place down that's post-traumatic possibilities right there i called poison control (laughs) (laughs) did his lips swell yes (gasps) freaky yep it was one of those that is like kind of translucent gets up in the corner hate that so much yep Mm Hmm. and how like how did it make it through the smoldering hot coffee was it it in the lid no it didn't have a lid on it what is happening it was just hanging out in the cup. Get this, that house, that apartment building though, like we had a pad, a little patio and it was like summertime. 
we were like, let's open the patio door. And we did. And it was like, like, I hate every bit of that. 30 spiders. And I, nope, absolutely not. You know what? Were you a freak about spiders prior to that? Since I was born. Yes. Oh, I was like, maybe that was your moment. No. Because with earwigs, for example, earwigs, they cannot, they cannot have any part of my life sick to this very day from that from that home that we used to live in yeah yeah it was really gross spring is sprung i was just telling my mom that on the way here i said i think of winter is officially Don't. over why it it, it it won't it won't come back i know it won't come back but all of the flowers are blooming mm-hmm. the trees are budding yeah look at our maple yeah. tree out here yeah full leaves M- my favorite are those pink ones what are they cherry blossoms mm-hmm. yeah Crab I could have an Crab entire yard just full of those pink ones. Yeah. So pretty. So pretty. We had one in our front yard when we were growing up. Remember, Joe? What? The apple tree. The apple tree, yeah. But we had blackberries and raspberries and strawberries. Yeah. Like native to the land. I can't do blackberries. No? No. It's a bold statement in this political climate, Heidi. <laughs> The seeds, man, they get me. I can do raspberries. Raspberries have seeds too. I know, but the blackberry ones are different. Let me tell you what bothers me about raspberries. The there's hair. a hole in the middle. The hair? No, there's a hole in the middle. Mm. Sometimes the hair will get to me. I'm like, why is this? And so after hairy? you've been through a coffee spider situation with oh. this guy, you know they say that same thing about strawberries. Like, cut the strawberry in half because stop it. Yeah. How does it get inside? I don't know. Strawberries are solid. Somebody has mentioned something, though, about checking them. Sounds like they lied. Did you know that figs, every fig has a bee inside of it? Yeah. That pollinated it and died there. Do you eat figs? Figs, yes. I eat eat the cookies. Newtons. Fig Newton. I love fig Newtons. I could eat. I actually can't eat fig Newtons because I'll eat sleeves in one sitting. Yeah, and I can't eat them anymore. Yeah, they have like indigestion. They have like gluten in them, so I can't. But if I could, there's just something about them. They're so good. But hear me out. This is gourmet. I'm going to put you onto something. A cracker. Okay. A slice of white cheddar. Yep. I'm with you. Okay. Yeah. Fig jam. Yeah. Pop that sucker in. 100%. So good. 100%. Oh, my goodness. I could Trader Joe's has fig jam. It's delicious. Yeah. Let's do that. Um, There's a lot of people that were raised. We were our family has a tendency to be like, have a little something before bed, mm-hmm. you know? How many people on earth have a little something before bed? A lot. That is so common. It really is. Maybe they're having the wrong little something. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a PG show. Right. Oh, your mind went right <laughs> to the gutter? Well, you had kind of a look on your face. You had a side smirk. No. I'm picking up what you're laying down. I don't know. Laying down a little something. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, a lot of people will eat like a dish of ice cream. That's common. That's like, like the I'm gonna, worst I'm thing you can do I'm going to have a dish of ice too. cream before bed. Really? Why? Because it's all sugar. Well, most bedtime snacks are sugary. It's yeah. like a cookie or ice Not cream. Mine. Carlos drinks hot milk. I like cheese. You eat cheese before bed? Yeah, or cashews. <laughs> cashews will stick in your teeth. <laughs> I'm a um, sweet person before bed. Like, you know what's interesting 
is that sometimes people will say, well, you can't have like ice cream before bed because it's bad for you. It's all sugar. It will stick in your teeth. And I heard something recently. Crackers are the worst. Yes. People were saying, people were saying that more kids are getting cavities from goldfish crackers Mm. than they are from candy. And then they go to bed and they have all that dough between their teeth. I love goldfish crackers. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's because you're a Sunday school teacher. Oh, I could I could eat them all day. Not like me. they're so good. Here's the thing. There's so I, many better options. No, Cheez-Its, I can, no. One. I was just gonna say that. So Cheez-Its. I can eat goldfish crackers all day long, but hate Cheez Its. That's mm. no. Nope. That's because you never ate the white cheddar. Ugh. Yuck. I have something for you. Yeah. Them. How many push-ups can you do right now? Me. Well, if they're orange flavor, I know for a fact I can do seven in one sitting. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's me and um, drumsticks. Yeah. Like Schwann's drumsticks or any of them, really. Yep. The ones with the chocolate in the bottom? As long as they didn't thaw. So if you get a chewy cone, Absolutely that means not. it thawed and yeah. then it they then refroze it and it is trash. But if it's crunchy, I can do those all day long. And- I, could, <laughs> I could leave I'm them brilliant. on the table. With drumsticks, but yeah, but you have poor taste in ice cream. You're a mint chocolate I, chip person. Mint chocolate chip, hundred percent. Number mm-hmm. two, you're is also a banana pancake person. Ice cream sandwiches. No, nope. nope. and chocolate chips and pancakes. Sandwiches. That's an abomination. God what is it? Right chocolate, chocolate chips and pancakes. I haven't done that since I was a kid. Chocolate nope. chips and ice cream. Ugh. Yeah. Here and it's always like semi sweet you know chips. If somebody comes like to my you're house, not, you don't know how to eat right. If somebody comes to my house and they're like, "Do you have any chocolate chip ice cream?" I'm just going to take vanilla ice cream, chop up some crayons, <laughs> and throw it right in there. And here, yep. suck on that for a while. Yep. Purple Mountain's Majesty. Yeah, I'm going to even find a brown crayon. Just, <laughs> no, just whatever. A purple one. A white one. Literally. What's that? Is that white chocolate macadamia nut? Funfetti. <laughs> <laughs> just to empty out my crayon sharpener on the back of the box <laughs> and throw it in there. You, so we could totally gross. do that. Too. We have a Ninja Creamy. Oh, I could totally we, do that. We bought like we you could remember do that the little our... cups with the plastic spoon or the the wooden spoon that wasn't a spoon. It was just the it shape was a of the spoon, <laughs> but it was just yeah. Like we should do that to the kids. I was gonna say that. Hundred percent. I guarantee, yeah. Mac. Now Max, he'd be like. What kind of crap is this? Like, he would fully tell you something was wrong, but Jasmine would probably be like, what's all that bad? No, here's the thing Max would take a half of a bite and be like, I'm not touching this. This is disgusting. <laughs> and you would look over at Jasmine, hers is gone. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, what? <laughs> Can I have another? 100% she would yeah. do that. She's like, I don't know. It was I, what I liked. Although I got a little piece of paper in one, <laughs> it was there was something about it. It was chewy, and it gave me it's it gives me a memory. Yeah, kind and of then she'd the, tell everybody, <laughs> yeah. like my dad fed me Crayola ice cream. <laughs> they're like Crayola yeah. makes ice cream. Puts a little wax. My in your dad mouth. made it. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. Oh man. Oh. So I got to share the podcast with a customer today. Nice. And it was. Really interesting because I walked in. We did the tour. She wasn't actually supposed to meet me. The husband was. And we got talking and we realized it was a divine um, appointment because she was in the middle of counseling somebody with some issues that we've addressed in 
previous podcasts. Mm. So I was able to share. It'll be interesting to see that relationship grow. Yeah. I hope she's listening now. If so, shout out. I hope so too. Um, Speaking of, that was a good segue, Joe. I have a question. Um, We talk a lot about evangelism and that's an area that you and I, I especially need development in. You're, you're more out there. I especially need development. (laughs) You're more out there (laughs) and doing it already. I I like to teach people about evangelism because I, most often I Life is a workshop with Joe. Yeah. And most often when I meet people that feel they can't, it's because their expectation comes from the wrong seed. Mm -hmm. There's a seed that's been planted that, you know, obviously scripture says, you know, when I was naked, you clothed me. When I was homeless, you brought me in. When I was in prison, you came and visited me. Um, Then there's also the verse that says, go ye into all nations and spread the good news. But it can't be from a place of this is a notch in my belt. Like this is this is a a collection of salvations. You can't people do go after it like that. They a lot of times just want to hear somebody repeat a prayer and then it's like bragging rights to I've seen twenty seven thousand people saved. That's so many if you get to that but it's good for you. It's it's so much more intimate than that. Mm-hmm. And when you do it from the right place, then God opens doors where you not only get to see people receive salvation and hear the good news, but you get to be a part of their story. And and then when we get on the other side in eternity, we'll know each other from mm-hmm. that, you know? And, and it really, for me, comes down to the same reasoning that I have where I pray for my enemies because I know what the alternative is because July 9th or whatever 2009 when I was dying or yeah July 11th 2009 when I was dying I got to see a glimpse of what my eternity was Mm -hmm. so now when I look at people one I don't want to see them face that and two the joys I've had in the last 15 years that surpass the, the peace that surpasses all human understanding. I want them to experience that. Mm -hmm. I also want people to realize that, um, that standard they're holding themselves to is only reachable through the righteousness of Christ which is not something that you have or grow into. It's something that you put on. Mm -hmm. Paul said, put on the whole armor of God, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness. So we have to do certain things to have that righteousness. Um, You're not going to get that feeling just by uh, trying to tell people about the Lord. And you're never going to feel like you're worthy of telling people about the Lord if you rely on your experience in your flesh or your emotions of feeling saved. Mm -hmm. I've found more often than not, God puts me in front of somebody that's struggling with what I'm struggling with. And I actually get to get my fix or my correction through telling them the good news and the right answer. Mm -hmm. 
So evangelism, people put it in their mind as this thing that they, they're forced to do, like they're, they're coming into occupied territory. Some people do. And they're going to um, impose on somebody's you know, mm-hmm. right to, to life or their personal space. When I look at somebody in like a... Well, hold on. So when you say that, you're like, there are people and religions out there where like they literally have a quota. Oh, yeah. And they're riding bikes around town and they're yeah. stopping people left and right or knocking door to door and they're trying to hit a quota and they're doing it out of like obligation and and they're in compulsion to do so. I have Jehovah's Witness friends. I understand where they're coming from. It is good to see, you know, it's it's good. It's a good feeling to be able to put a number like a success on something, uh-huh. you know, like that. I get that. Yeah. But it's so much more than that. And we, we can't go out there and do that without the heart of, of somebody that's willing to disciple. So I'm so glad you're talking about this and here's why. When Joe shares about evangelism, first of all, it's like, he loves it. He loves it. He loves Jesus and he loves evangelism. Yeah. And it's like a thing. Yeah. And I'm glad that you're talking about it in this way. And here's why. Because it doesn't go you the way that you describe it. I love it. And it makes me envious. But it doesn't. The way that you're describing it doesn't mean that it always goes without any hiccups. Oh, no. I've been cussed I'm out. I'm the constant right. hiccup. Right. The, I'm the hiccup. So the... <laughs> She is a hiccup. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. It means that your explanation of that is not applicable to me at all. Why? It's so funny. It, evangelism for me is a mountain. Yeah. And here's here's why I want to talk about it. Because for some people it genuinely is, but they still have that like desire in their heart yeah. to share Jesus. Right. But they don't... They they don't have first of all personality plays and god gave you your personality he did and it plays a substantial role in who we are as people and it it's like it's just one of those things that we have to work through because i'm the same way we've talked about this at length on the podcast that i am not a conversation starter heidi is not necessarily a conversation starter you are yes well, and i think what sets me apart too is i have a sense of urgency about it so i know well that i might only get one opportunity right it's so it's mindset though too and i've been through this a million times uh-huh. is the reason joe like this is because of that near-death experience like that moment no, where he's I, like i can't I sold- have anybody else experience this ever because there's been times where I've actually went down like downward spirals about this topic where I'm like, maybe I don't love people. Right. I think so. That's why I wanted to pause there because um, this isn't like a critique, but it's if you have the desire to do so, I think you have a natural urgency. Right. And like it's maybe not people don't always view it as this is life or death and like I have to get the word to these people and maybe that's where our mindset needs to change a little bit because I can't say that I think that way naturally 
but I think more of like, I have to share the good news, right? Like it's easier for me to conceptualize it and like follow through. If I'm talking about, if I'm sharing a testimony of something good that God has done, whereas Joe, his approach is like, I need to snatch these people from the flames of hell. Right. And it's like, you need both types. Do you agree? If, if I don't, if I don't love the church I'm in Mm -hmm. enough to think that it, it's what everybody else needs, I'll never invite anybody there. If, if I think it's just good enough for me, and most people have a low opinion of themselves, nobody's a bigger critic of you than you. Mm-hmm. So you'll always find yourself in a position where, when when you have something awesome that you wanna, that you've experienced, you want people to know. That's human nature. Mm-hmm. Like you want people to know. Again, though, it makes me seem like, is there something wrong with me? Because I've no. had so many amazing experiences with God. Why am I not like because you're, shout you're it looking from the at rooftops? the wrong you're looking at the wrong you're but looking at the wrong vehicle. God instilled certain skills in both of you right. and me, and they complement each other. They complement each other, and there's people that can only receive from Heidi, and there's mm-hmm. people that can't receive from you, and vice versa. And it's not male female. It's not that type of a thing, but it's in the delivery and the approach. I don't I don't listen to Joyce Meyer a lot, mm-hmm. but one time I was listening to her, and she stopped in the middle of what she was doing. It was a conference. I think they were in like Milwaukee Mm -hmm. and she got everybody's attention and she said, I am not an evangelist. I'm not here to get people saved. My ministry is for taking people from the point of receiving Christ into their destiny. So her whole ministry is based off of growing people and discipling them, not winning the soul. I agree with that classification so, of her ministry. Yeah, and some of having some of watched you, her, mm-hmm. some of you are probably called to an office where, when somebody like me brings people in, God would have you prepared to take them to the next step. Mm-hmm. Does that mean you don't ever evangelize? No, right. You still take opportunity because you have to be. We're supposed to be seasoned in all areas, right? Nine gifts of the Spirit. I personally, my goal is to walk in every one of them. Mm-hmm. Right? We all should. Yeah. So knowing that we have different personalities and that there are different approaches and some people might, it might be like a, you could walk up cold, start a conversation with a guy at a gas station pump right? And you've never known him or talked to him before. And then there's other situations where like you were in the pool or the hot tub and another lady with her children. Yeah. And like kids is an easy way to kind of strike up a conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Um, If you're, if you encounter another mom, but sometimes it's just like, like I've had people strike up a conversation with me about makeup or, you know, music or something like that. Yeah. What I wanted to talk about today is, so I want you each to give an example of an instance where you were sharing the gospel with someone and it didn't go well or it didn't go, it wasn't received well. Mm-hmm. And then how did you bounce back in the moment? And then how have you used that since? For people that have personalities that aren't naturally 
outgoing conversation starters, this topic is extremely... It, it's paralyzing. It's sensitive. It's paralyzing to some people. And it is. it is, And it's also sensitive because you kind of go through these thoughts of, and they're not from God, but you go through these thoughts of, maybe I don't really love people. Maybe, why don't I share my experiences with people? Why is this not easy for me? Why is it so easy for this person? You go into like this mode where it's like almost to a, a paralyzing, frustrated place. But at the same time, when you feel like you missed opportunities, that's even worse. What I was going to say yeah. is with my personality, sometimes in order to evangelize, I would almost have to hype myself up. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So then I would like hype myself up like, you got this, you got this, you got this, you got this. And then I would go out and I would do it, but I wouldn't do it with the grace of the Holy Spirit. It was very fleshly and blunt. Like one time we were in Madison and we were at a conference. And so that was like my hype, right? Because mm-hmm. it was a, a conference on on reaching out to your communities. And it was more of like a numbers game. Just get through five people and like just get it done because this is stressful. This is not my cup of tea and I just need to do this. Was the goal of five like from the conference itself or that was a a thing that you yeah because people that were natural evangelists were all there and they were like there was just the greatest holy spirit like movement right and so for people that want this taste of that life but it's really difficult that is so frustrating to it's amazing to see those people have those amazing things. But for me at this conference with a bunch of evangelists at heart, I was like, I got to do something. It's funny because like, I do hear people talk about, I'm, I'm similar. And I have two things, two things kind of going on, which I'll get into as well. But it's like, there's also like a supernatural ability to, that maybe Joe has to like overlook, um, like the discomfort. Right. Because I feel discomfort in like striking up a conversation that I projected onto the person I'm talking to. And I'm like, they're probably uncomfortable. And like if someone, if I'm talking to someone and they look like they want to crawl up the wall and they're like trying to get out of there, mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, have a blessed day. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. go, go with God. And Joe's like, oh, we're climbing up this wall. Or like, oh, you want to go to your car? I'll walk you to your car. Yeah. So- that's awesome. Yeah. So yes, with me, it's a different gift. Yeah, I, I have this experience in Madison. We go into yeah. a restaurant. Um, I feel like the Holy Spirit highlighted this woman to me. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like all I can think of is like, just go sit at her booth. It, but it's all that hype. Like you it was trapped like, her. I was trying to like <laughs> hype it up and get it up. And so yeah. I go over, I sit in front of her and I was like, man, the Lord just really highlighted you to me. Like, is there anything I can pray with you about? And she was like, no. And like gave me like a look. And then, like, it was just done. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I kind of did that thing. Well, bless you. Have a good day. And I, did I, it knock walked, you down? I walked back to the table. But in reality, like, I was, like, Tail between your crawling legs. back yeah. to the table. And I See, was, like, I- the worst thing ever. How can anybody like this? Like, mm-hmm. it sends you into outer space. And then you have other people that have just a knack for it, man. And it's just so smooth and it's simple and nothing is pushed or forced. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. These are areas for people with this type of personality to be able to grow. Yeah. Because a lot of the times when I'm around people that are amazing at it, 
it doesn't push me to be better. It actually pushes me in the opposite direction because it makes me feel like crap. Mm-hmm. Even just this weekend, we had an experience with that where Joe does it so amazing. God gifted you with that. He didn't gift everybody with that particular gift. Some people have to work tooth and nail and some like tears and sweat come into it. So hard to to see people feel that they're failing in an area that's not, it's not competitive. It's not a competition. The only competition there is you versus the devil, but you've given been given authority over that. So God already, people don't realize when their heart's pounding and they're nervous about saying something that God already prepared their heart, right? And even if they respond and it's not well, I'm prepared for that because I understand what sow and reap is. Sow and reap is not you going and getting on your phone and making a grocery order to Walmart or Target. That has nothing to do with where the fruit comes from. So when you look at when you look at sow and reap, the way the Bible talks about sowing and reaping and planting for a harvest, you have preparation. So I might be the the guy that comes out to cultivate soil, which means I have to plow. Mm-hmm. If I'm the guy that shows up with the blade to plow, there is ground that's been untouched for however long, generations, which means there's stones, there's root systems and all this stuff underneath that unbroken ground. So when you start to turn that over, it's uncomfortable for that ground. Yeah. You're exposing things. You hit stuff. You're you're literally Mm -hmm. putting something sharp into an area that's never been affected before Mm -hmm. and a lot of a lot of my experience with that is the reactions never good so when people react like that i'm like oh i'm the plow guy today that's no fun but i know that if i plow and i say the name of jesus to them and i love them like i i let them see Mm -hmm. that i cared enough to stop and say something that God's going to send somebody that's already called in to, to do the next step, mm-hmm. which means that they're going to come in and they're going to just drop that nice little seed Yeah. Where, where like now they're maybe upset, uncomfortable, and, and thinking about, well, what is this God thing? Like, why would, why, why would anybody want to three different pray? people in a week mentioning why, church why would to me, anybody, like that sort of well, thing? Well, right now they're, they're probably in a state of... Why would anybody just randomly come up and offer to pray for me? What do they get out of this? Like mm-hmm. what? And they don't understand. They're There's irritated. There's a lot of skepticism, yeah. And then all of a sudden, the next person comes in, and it's maybe somebody that they've known their whole life. Mm-hmm. That's always been successful. And they they don't realize until that moment, like, oh, their success probably has something to do with their attitude, and their attitude has something to do with their faith, and their faith is exactly the seed they're trying to plant in me. And then the next guy gets to come through, and he's the guy with the watering can. Yeah, it's a well, good mindset. I've never seen soil ready to to discard water, you know, unless it's oversaturated, you know. So now all of a sudden you have this this soil that's that's dry, but it's got seed in it, and the seed's ready to to turn into something. Mm. And then you get to come through and water that. Now all of a sudden you're, oh man, I I happened to 
catch you in the corner of my eye and the Holy Spirit highlighted you to me because you have the most beautiful smile. Has anybody ever told you you have the most beautiful smile? And now all of a sudden they're receiving because they're being watered. Mm -hmm. That right there is lessons learned on my part because this is a pro everything is a process right. in this life that we live with yeah. Jesus so that was like my first experience of evangelism I nosedived hard and tanked but you learn from it as well so right. that's, the, that's where we're headed where I was like if I had to redo that girl yeah I wouldn't go over there so bluntly and just immediately out of the gate say I'm supposed to pray for you right that was me new to this that was me in my own insecurities that was me getting hyped up for it what he does and I've noticed this now because even though I get madder than a wet hen at him for everything is easy for him right I, I also watch him and I learn from him and what he does is he rarely says Jesus prayer any of that right out of the gate right rarely does he do that I do if God tells me to he, he does but he creates conversation. Yeah. He So I could have sat over at that lady and been like, hi, like, my name is Heidi. What is your name? Do you come here often? Like, and I've actually started to watch how to create conversation. So if I'm not good at it, watch YouTube videos on how to do it. Mm -hmm. So I started to follow this guy and he teaches you how to properly talk and ask questions and start conversations and all of these mm -hmm. different things and simple things like don't ask yes, no, right. <laughs> make it yeah. open-ended so that people actually yep. have to talk to you and that kind of stuff. But if you're, if you struggle with, I, which I know there's tons of people listening right now that struggle with being able to just go up to people and talk to them about God, it's going to be all right because you just have to start to, number one, take the pressure off of yourself. You do love people. It's not that you don't love people. Mm -hmm. You are doing good. You are hearing from the Holy Spirit, but you just have to start creating conversations. Good news so, is not just knowing every address of scripture. Good no. news is is what God is doing currently in, in your moment, in your life, in your season. Mm -hmm. So when I approach people... I'm constantly taking account of all the good things God's doing in my life. So I always have something fresh to talk about because God's always doing something good. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing to me that we even get to be a part of this. So when we're bogged down with circumstance and we can't see the good of God in anything, mm -hmm. that makes us less likely to feel we have good news. Um, is, is what is going on with me worth sharing? Yeah. Right. Well, maybe well, that's a lot just of people think that that's not, not even true. just that, but it's like, I think people have a tendency and this is a lie from the pit that people are uninterested in you. They are interested mm -hmm. in you yeah. and, everybody and you're needs worthy of wanting to, people want to get to know you and you're worthy of getting to know. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, this, this topic's on my heart for a reason, mm -hmm. you know, and I feel like somebody needed needs to hear it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's maybe it's you. When you mention like bringing it up or starting a conversation. So like if somebody's listening to the podcast right now and you have earbuds in, whether you're at the gym or at work or whatever, mm -hmm. we work from home. So it's, it's a little bit harder. But if somebody like cold calls me on Teams, mm -hmm. I'll often say if they're like, hey, I hope I'm not interrupting. I'll say, oh, no, I was just working and listening to a podcast. 
Mm-hmm. And they're like, ooh, I love podcasts. What are you listening to? Mm-hmm. And like, that's a good way. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Or like. Conversation. That conversation. Yeah. And like, I have a tendency to be like, that's what I'm listening to. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't, I don't take it super far, but I have noticed that like interweaving some of these things, um, it, I'm more likely to do that or like, oh, I'll put you on my prayer list or, you know, Mm -hmm. like comments like that. That said, I'm, that's typically I'm working from home and like, I know I'm going to talk to these people again, mm-hmm. but Joe, you run into people all the time and you're not sure if you're going to see them again. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's also different. Yeah. Everybody needs friendship. Yes. And if, if we have an agenda, then we, we take away from sincerity. Mm-hmm. I sincerely want to see people do well. Do. I sincerely want to see people have friends. Mm-hmm. I know that Jesus befriended hard characters. The the Peters, the Timothys, the different ones like that, that um, their experience was, you know, not like probably what we experience today with being able to work from home and grab snacks, you know. Well, he embraced a zealot. Right. And... <laughs> Like Mary, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And yeah. And so, a tax collector. Yeah. That nobody liked. When mm-hmm. I when I see people, I've always been able to to have friends like I I talk to Max about that all the time. It's so important to have more than one friend. Yeah. And if you I put pit, all my eggs in Heidi's basket if over you here. Pit one, if you have three friends in a room, <laughs> And one is pitting the other one against the third. You're a bad friend. Like you cannot. Oh, like treating you somebody have like a third your, wheel. You, well, you cannot have your relationship with somebody grow at the cost of another. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. So, for me, I, I always try to instill those values into Max because, like, you're always going to be around people that think in order to have a deeper relationship with you, they're going to, they're going to have to put the other guy that they think you might like more down. Mm. Right. So people have that experience coming up. It's in because life. they're afraid of losing a friend mm-hmm. or not right. having one. Mm-hmm. You so, know what else Joe is really, really good at is pursuing people and not having people pursue him. So yeah. I've, a, I've a, again, have learned a lot from him in this department. Um, even kind of tonight, some conversations, he never allows like that like thought to even enter. He will constantly feed into the relationship period without any without any afterthought of it. Yeah. Like every, he'll time, just, every time I see a post of like God's gonna weed the bad ones out of your life, I'm like, yeah, but you you gotta everything worth anything in your life you have to work for. And what if you Within reason. What yeah. if you pour into, uh, yeah, obviously not an abusive relationship, but no. if it seems like you're the one always making the phone call and then you get down in the dumps and I can tell you Jesus didn't tell you to post that, um, mm-hmm. where you're like, well, this is my last post to people that I'm going to block on social media because I'm sick of being the one that only ever calls that's maybe you were called to do that. Maybe maybe that's why you do it. So I was always the one that needed to be pursued. 
all mm-hmm. the time. And there's a lot of people that are like that. Since March, February or March, mm-hmm. I've actually been trying to like push myself in that department mm-hmm. where I'm like, okay, I don't need people to contact me. I'm going to start sewing into people. Like in, in these yeah. relationships that I feel are one Do unto others as right? you would have done unto you. And I've just been like constantly doing that. And there's constant fruit coming back That's in scriptural. just like three months. What, when this are you going to start doing that with me? Yeah. This, is, this is the thing too, is when you, when you start to show people what a good friend is, if they do lose you, then they're going to understand that they need to, you know, look at the, look at the idea of your relationship with Jesus Christ, right? He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He sticks closer than a brother. Mm-hmm. You get salvation. You get your baptism of water, baptism of the Holy Spirit, all these awesome things. And then he says, seek ye first my kingdom and my righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. So you go from being pursued to seeker. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. Mic drop. You go from being pursued to seeker. If you think you're going to go to every worship conference to be pursued by God, and he's always going to have somebody call you out in a crowd with some kind of prophetic insight or word, that is a terrible relationship because you're a taker. Yeah. And God's like, man, I just give every time, and then they they do nothing with it. So when you become a seeker Mm -hmm. of him in his presence and seeking his face, all of a sudden it shifts everything. You become a seeker. See, that's Joe has the evangelism thing. That's my thing right there. I I dig in right there and I say if God never does another thing for me, he's still good. Mm-hmm. And people are like, "Well, you got to lay up your treasure in heaven. You got how many stars are you going to have in your crown? I don't care about the crown as long as he's there." Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. I don't care about any of that. I don't care about the mm-hmm. mansion. Just take me where you are. I've never had I don't want the promised land if he's not there. Yeah, I've never had God remove a friend from my life mm-hmm. that when I did run into them, I didn't pick up right where I left off in conversation. Like, I'm not that guy that if God closes a door, and which is he does. He does. But I, I still have this heart for people where if for some reason he brings them back into my life, I'll still engage. Mm-hmm. Like I want to see them do well. They're they're running a race against themselves to eternity. Yeah. They they are running a race where they have promptings from the Holy Spirit, but they have a fight against their flesh constantly trying to keep them from having that success through the Holy Spirit. So I already know that they're already struggling, they're already running a race. They're probably exhausted because yeah. they're probably still have enough of the world in them to 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 misunderstand what God's doing right when mm-hmm. when when you start to understand his ways are higher than your ways they're not your ways it shifts something to where now when you look at people it's not like oh what can i get out of this relationship it's like what what do i have that they need yeah because i'm not lending i'm not selling i'm gonna pour into this person because if they become extremely successful then someday i'm gonna stand before god and he's gonna be like well done my good and faithful servant Mm -hmm. 
when nobody else would pour into that person because they were such a poor friend or when nobody else would pour into that person because they were so hostile and angry and calloused and hard, right. you still stuck it out. Well, Heidi, you've said for years, the people that need love the most act out in the most unloving ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, that applies to your kids. It applies to your family, like your brothers, sisters, parents. <gasps> it it applies literally. Sometimes you see people acting out and all they needed is a hug, man. Yeah. Every time I see somebody broken mm-hmm. uh, about somebody in their family, like, oh, I just, they're so rough and I want them to be saved. I'm like... You need to Bible write then. You need to get your act together and start focusing on the community around you because God has somebody to speak into their life. And if you're not a credible source at this point to them, then you need to seek God. And what he's going to do is put people in your path. Mm -hmm. You're going to pour into them. You're going to minister to their needs. And then they're the one that God's going to raise up. Yeah. And then you're going to see your adult children saved. Mm-hmm. You're gonna you're gonna see the you know the family member or whatever that you thought was unsavable saved, because the right the right person is going to be thrust into that harvest. Mm-hmm. No, you. We just breathed so in sync. I know it was it was such a moment to be treasured. I know. Keep that on. We keep shared, that on the recording. We shared a breath together. <laughs> But Max just experienced that same thing in baseball practice this week where he mentioned that there is always this one kid that's like the loudest and he's just like Mm -hmm. in everybody's face and and all this kind of stuff. And I said, do you know what that means? And he was like, what? And I was like, he's the one that needs the most help. Yeah, he, he's he been talked to like that. Yes, he is the one that probably has some confidence issues and always has to make sure that he is known mm-hmm. and that he's there and that he's present. I said, that's the guy that maybe you could sew something into. Like, yeah. hey, man, it's all right. Like, my name's Max. Like, what's up? Mm-hmm. The loudest is usually the one. The squeaky wheel. That needs to be helped. Yeah. Yes. My devotion this morning went totally along this, and it's amazing. Um, I'm not going to read all of it because that's probably like copyright or plagiarism or something. But well, you can credit the source. Um, well, it's just in my in my Bible app, but it's, it's like, from the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it said, "I don't think we can live selfish lives and also see hope do its full work. What gives us hope is the learned habit." of taking our eyes off our problems and looking up to a world full of needs. Serve, contribute. There is no such thing as giving too much hope to others. Mm-hmm. Our world is in desperate need of light bearers, of burden lifters. Give yourself to those who have a greater need than your own. Uh, this devotion is talking about turning the tides of hope. Yeah. And a lot of the times people are in such a dark place where they can't see any any way out. But it's explaining Job and how he had to focus on others mm-hmm. that needed help more than he did. Yeah, he, he was putting sacrifices on the altar for his children who weren't living right mm-hmm. before right. All, everything happened. And then when they all went, then he also still helped other others that were in worse situations than he was. What pulls you out of those cycles is exactly what kind of what we're talking about tonight. Well, you have to focus on other people. You, well, you it starts with into, gratitude. Yes. You enter into his presence with thanksgiving and praise. Yes. Mm-hmm. I've noticed, because God did some stuff 
internally with me during like our beginning of the year fast. Mm -hmm. Um, It's amazing how many eyebrows I see raised when I say you need to minister to the spirit of the Lord. Ministering to his spirit is when you have a, a intimate conversation with him about the, the beauty of his nature, the, the fact that out of all the things that he could have created, he created you. Mm. And he puts you here for such a time as this. God, I, I love you, Lord. Mm-hmm. And not like, like I need something, but like I really love you. Mm-hmm. Like I love you and I love what you've been doing in my life. I love the fact that 10 years ago, I, I was afraid to pray in public, but today you've got me in a place where I'm speaking in public, praying in public, and I'm ministering your gospel to others that have need. Mm-hmm. And I love that you've done that with me. I love that you've taken me from ashes to beauty. Like you start to minister to his spirit like you're a good God, you're a good yeah. father. We sing the song, good, good father, all that stuff. But do we really think about it? Because when you really start to think about who he is to you and why you're here and whether or not you'd even have breath in your lungs if he decided to withdraw that, because mm-hmm. that's that's not a, um, you're not entitled to that. Yeah. That's grace. So all of a sudden you start to realize every little thing I have is through grace or mercy and that's why it's good news. So you enter into his courts with thanksgiving and praise, and you start to minister to his spirit. And now all of a sudden, the, the, the worst thing that can happen to you leaves you in a position where you can thank him for his consistency of all that he's already done, and that gives you hope because now you know he's going to show up and you're going to get out of it anyway. Yeah. And it's probably going to be... Um, a testimony and another life lesson learned that you're going to take into eternity. I think after talking with so many people, I see these like, like an escape clause where it's like, I just need like the Lord to come and the rapture to happen so that we can all just go to be to have in heaven. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, that's it. That's it. That's your that's your end game. Right. That's your end game. Is is just that and then what? Because you struggled to do 45 minutes worth of church in the week. But that's your end game. It's just not to go to hell. And in all actuality, what we should be doing is working on our character here because we're not going to need the tenacity while we're under oppression and depression and uh, attack. We're not going to need that in, in eternity because we're going to be in the presence of the Lord. None of that's going to be an issue. It's not going to happen. So to build our character here so that when we get into eternity and we rule as kings and priests, that we have character that's been built and that's been founded on on the good works of God and what he's done in our lives. And And then it's more than just just this ability to escape death. Do you know, it's funny you mentioned kings and priests because as you were talking, I looked up um, 1 Peter 2, 9 um, and 10. But you are a chosen generation, 
a royal mm. priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. What? No. Why you? Because she was going to preach on it Sunday. Oh, really? Um, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And then in 10, it says, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God. Who had a, not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting because I think we put so much pressure on ourselves mm-hmm. to bear the to see everything come to fruition, mm-hmm. and we. God says you shouldn't despise small beginnings, and I think that we often equate that to like a church or like a ministry, mm-hmm. but sure a ministry, even between people like a budding friendship, you know, don't despise a small beginning. If you don't immediately have, if you just start talking to someone and you start to till the ground, mm-hmm. you're going to, like Joe said, you're going to run into a tree root. Yeah. You're going to run into stones. You're going to, run into all sorts of crap (laughs) as you're tilling up the land. Then once you get, and that takes time. Mm -hmm. It takes time to get breakthrough with people and let them open up, soften that, that ground. Mm -hmm. And then you just keep planting seeds as you go along. And like, he's going to deliver on that. We're just, if we're grateful and we're obedient Mm -hmm. that's all he requires he honors your sacrifice yeah so when you die to self to step out there's honor in that and Mm -hmm. he he honors that he really loves to see you grow and be stretched um we we have a different definition of what we think should happen in those moments than he does I was going to say, it seems like a lot of even me with my struggles with evangelism, it's because I'm focusing on the wrong thing because I'm focusing on the outcome. You mm-hmm. want instant gratification, which everybody does in everything, yeah. but you're not always going to get it. Yeah. Like I, like I probably don't just want to love on people just mm-hmm. to love on people. I want to love on people so there's an outcome. So let me tell you this from my perspective, and this is like real transparent, for many years and only until maybe the like the last truly like one or maybe two i've had the mindset don't know where it came from that that part isn't mine i don't do that part Mm. my ministry comes into play once people are in the church Mm -hmm. that's where i am because i'm in the music ministry and like you have to set a, a an environment, you have to create an environment or a, a an atmosphere through the Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Where people can come in and God can work in their lives in the church. And I don't know where that came from. Yeah, because that that becomes a you become nothing it's a more crutch. Than, nothing more than mm-hmm. an entertainer because right. I know a lot of I mean, people that are worship leaders that. Mm-hmm that are amazing in their talents, but they're not personable. Well, so here's the thing. I was just listening to Stephanie Gretzinger Mm -hmm. and she was doing an interview and she said so many worship leaders can create an environment and a, a, an atmosphere of worship and they can minister to the Lord and worship, but they cannot preach the gospel. Hmm. 
they don't crack open the Bible. They don't, they can't find wow. a verse. Yeah, because they're ruled by emotion. <clears throat> well, I politely push back on that because I think I, I very rarely am I following emotion, but it's, and it's not that. And I do worship the Lord earnestly and I lead people earnestly. So it's not selfish or self-serving because I, I put everything I have into that, but I was limiting myself and I painted myself into a box and said, my ministry is that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think emotion was the wrong word for me to use. The, the feels, the sensation, the, the, you when in worship, you get to interact with the presence of God. There's times when you're, when you're, trying to share the good news, the gospel, where you don't get a response. Right. Whereas when you're leading people through song or praise into the presence of God, there's an expectation built already there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's less critical, too. Um, the people that are usually critical of those ministries are people that are called into those ministries. Yeah, so they, I mean, they would be more do... critical or judgmental that way. I mean, I played drums for years, yeah. and the first place you're going to get hit is like drums Music are too ministry, loud. Yeah, I will say, Gen, maybe elder millennials, Gen X, and older are have a tendency to be more critical of ministries like that. I will say though, I somebody described it as this, and I agree that Gen Z they don't want the pomp and the circumstance and the, the production. Mm-hmm. They want Jesus of Galilee. Mm-hmm. They want the riverbank. Mm-hmm. They want stripped down. They don't need any of the production. They want acoustic, like just put me in a drum circle type <laughs> of a, and you know, like I'm kind of like that a little bit I too. Can, yeah. Um, But it's very, once that's revealed to you though, it's very, uh, it's very eye-opening. It's easier for, for me. me. Do you know what I mean? It's easier for me to go and meet people in their element and share in our experiences of the world and in Christ than to go stand behind a pulpit mm-hmm. and stare at a bunch of people that already have a preconceived idea of what they think the message should be. Mm-hmm. And some of which may may not be doing anything with it, you know, other so, than attending. All this is so interesting. It so, really is. Like, yeah. so he thrives in that environment mm-hmm. of just tons of people around him, doesn't know any of them, and what can I sow into you? Like, how can I show God's love to and, you? S- and it's spontaneous. Yes, loves the spontaneous yeah. part. Like you completely, now, me are a plan. Like I would li- like my my zone would be full time like 8 to 5 of like our sessions with Workshops. all of these random yeah, people one on one and i'm prepared. like what can we do for you mm-hmm. how can we help you what yeah. plan do you need me to put forth with you like i could spend my days filled with that We're and both just called to be teachers pouring too. out in mm-hmm. that department absolutely so even when it comes time to like preach on a sunday i never i never show up in the posture of like a a hype man preacher Right. Like everything that God's done in me 
is to teach people that ex- that he's accessible mm-hmm. and that you are enough. Like mm-hmm. he he did not make a mistake and you are enough right where you're at. Uh-huh. And all your shortcomings he's looking at you through the lens of the blood of Jesus. Yeah. So he already sees what you're created to be. So to get to a place of personable interaction with somebody and and help them to see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think for for me too, um, a lot of people look at like music ministry as being difficult, right? Like, like if you're not part of it, you can't fathom getting up in front of people and like singing. Oh, for right? sure. Like it's like, ugh. No. But to me, that's a comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And like anyone, I'm going to gravitate towards what I'm good at mm-hmm. versus the stuff that I'm not so good at, but yep. need to develop. Yes. And we're all like that. I know another worship leader mm-hmm. who just said that exact same thing. She said, I could go on a Sunday morning and do my thing. Yeah. Like I can do it anytime. Like I am good there. Like I, I am comfortable. And I can tell you right now, I would rather sing to 5,000 people mm-hmm. than I would to like four people. <laughs> yeah. Because like you can see there, you like you have eye contact. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's a anonymity mm-hmm. and like a, there's a, it sounds crazy to say, but there's a safety net in that where you're not having, you can, you can, you can preserve yourself to mm. a certain degree because you don't have to, there's not a need for any sort of one-to-one or intimate contact in that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, my whole point is it, it's become more and more prevalent in my spiritual walk that I need to spend more time ministering to people and mm-hmm. not just behind a microphone and at yeah. the piano. Yes. So I was listening to Bobby Connor mm-hmm. and I didn't know that that was his name, but you told me. Mm-hmm. And it struck me because he told this story and I think it was the same video that you we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And he worked for many years with an atheist. Mm-hmm. And he was a self-proclaimed atheist and he was a staunch atheist. And one day Bobby Connor heard the spirit of the Lord say to him, go and invite that man to church on Easter at the office. And he was like in the copy room or something. And he was like that. What? (laughs) Yeah. Lord. Yeah. Um, he's an atheist. Like we've already established that. Mm -hmm. And it was just this nagging thing. And so he went Mm -hmm. and he knew, he knew how it was going to go. Yeah. And he said to the guy, Hey, what are you going to do this weekend? Like kind of broke the ice a little bit. And he's like, Oh, Yeah, not sure. And he's like, well, I'd like to invite you and the family to join us for Easter Sunday. We're having an Easter Sunday service. And the guy was like, what are you talking about? Like, that's, you know that I'm an atheist. Like, what are you even saying? Yeah. And like made him feel really stupid. Yeah. And then like they parted ways. And then it was years later. Mm. Oh, I just got the goosies. Yeah. This guy walks up to him after service Mm. and he says, I I have to tell you this. And he goes, seven years ago, I came to church on Easter Sunday and I got saved. And he goes, here's what you didn't know. He goes, you came into the copy room at your work and I heard you invite 
your coworker to church. And he said, I'm not ever going to go to church with you. I'm an atheist. He said, I was on the floor and I was doing the flooring. Mm. Seriously. And he's like, you didn't know that I was in there. Mm-hmm. And you didn't know that I needed that. Mm. And so he said, you were obedient and you, you invited that guy. He goes, you walked out of the room. I immediately called my wife and said, we got to go to church on Sunday. Wow. Hmm. Isn't that crazy? See, that's that whole not get focused on the outcome thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because you'll, you, you'll have that moment where. My whole body is goosebumps. Seriously, so yeah. was mine. <laughs> so you, you might go through a whole bunch of screw you, get out of my face. Yeah. I don't want to stop trying to shovel religion down my throat. That's like the the 40 something. Your truth my is mom not and my dad's truth. Mm-hmm. Religious experience uh, comeback, right? You'll get that. But then you will. If you push through and you just still love God and you still love people and you want to see them do well. You'll have those moments where God says, go tell that person right now that I love them. Mm-hmm. And I've had this happen where you walk up and you say something to somebody that you feel prompted by the spirit to say, and they break. And then later on, you find out that they were praying the night before about to take their own life or something. And they're like, God, if you're real, send somebody to say this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like our mechanic, we had a we had a uh, we had one of those very things happen with 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 a, one of our mechanics, and um, I had stopped down to the shop to do something, and I was talking with him, and he seemed really down, and I was like, man, this this guy's a little off today. And then I called Pastor Tim, and I said, hey, have you been down to see so and so? And he goes. No, I haven't, not for a while. And I said, well, he's really down. If you could call him. And he said, I'm almost to his shop right now. I got to get tires put on your mother's car. And I was like, oh, perfect. Well, he walked in and four hours or something like that later, he walked out. This man broke down and sobbed in front of his entire business. And he said, whatever pastor said when he came in and he sat down, he he." told me he needed tires while the, while the man was looking up the parts. He said something. I don't remember what it was, but it was verbatim the words that this man had spoke to God the night before. God, if you're real, wow. send somebody to pull me out of this. And then the guy came over, left his office, came out and sat down in the waiting room next to him and put his head between his hands and his lap, and he just sobbed. And then pastor was able to... to speak into the issue and get him to a place where like he understood like this is not your end today mm-hmm. right you'll have those moments but sometimes you have to be tenacious with the ones that aren't so um they're not so giving they're not so pretty mm-hmm. i always think about heidi baker she wanted to see the creative miracle of god make eyeballs in somebody's head so in order to do that, you got to find somebody that's born blind or born without eyes. And the way the testimony goes is like she prayed for 999 people. Every time she'd see somebody in Africa marked that they were uh, blind from birth, she'd stop. She'd ask them, can I pray with you? Nothing happened. And like all of a sudden she, she prayed a thousand times, thousand different people 
thousand dis- different opportunities. Nothing happened. And then on that like 1,001 time, she stopped and God did it. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. We are so blessed to have the privilege to share with you. If you haven't already, please connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us by searching at The Real King Podcast. That's at T-H-E Real King Podcast. The Real King Podcast is recorded in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. It is hosted by Joe and Heidi King, who are joined each week by Christina Santamaria as a moderator and contributor. It is produced and edited by Joe and Heidi King and Carlos and Christina Santamaria. All content is under copyright and all rights are reserved.